Life Audio. You know, when, when she was dieting all growing up, there were religious overtones and she would confess breaking her dieting rules. She would confess to the Lord. She would be on her knees. Um, God help me to have the strength to follow these rules so that I can honor you. Now that gives me goosebumps. Like I'm, I've goosebumps up and down the back of my spine. That's religiosity. That is making something culturally very religious. And that is not Jesus. Hey, friend, Heather Creekmore here. Glad you're listening to the Compared to Who show today. We're talking purity culture, diet culture, and so much more with my friend, Amy Carlson. You're going to love what's ahead. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey friend, I'm so glad you're listening today. Today's the second part of my interview with Amy Carlson. She is a dietitian. She's an eating disorder specialist. She's been working with nutrition and women with eating disorders for more than 20 years. She knows her stuff and she knows her Bible. You're going to love the way our conversation continues today. We're going to some hard places, looking at how purity culture has kind of seeped its way into diet culture, or maybe vice versa. Diet culture has just taken its cues from purity culture. But either way, what you are going to hear today, I think is going to be really interesting to you. And I pray above all else that it is helpful to you, that if you are stuck feeling like there's no life beyond diets, that today's episode will truly encourage you and equip you to take those first steps away from the life of nonstop body improvement and obsession. Come on, I've been there. I know it's real. Into a new way, a new path that it'll give you new hope. And hey, friend, I love coaching women. So if you want extra help, if you want someone to walk along beside you, reach out. I'll do a free 10-minute coaching call. You can see whether or not you'd even like working with me, and I can tell you more about it. So grab that time on my website, go to comparedo.me. You can find the coaching tab there and find everything you need there. Also, if this show blesses you, share it with a friend. Trust me, I know the data, the women in your life are struggling with this just as much, maybe even more than you are. So share this episode with a friend, share it on social media, or just shoot it in a text message to a friend that you think might benefit from it. And if it really blesses you, hey, consider leaving a review. That's like one of the nicest things you could do for me. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Let's get to it. Here's my friend, Amy Carlson. Amy Carlson. Thanks for coming back and being on the Compared to Who show again. You're so welcome. Happy to be back. 
So we started last time we were talking about how to feel better about your body. And we were kind of talking about some of these influential factors. Uh, I think the line you liked from me was something about we curate our own they or something along those lines. But, But who are these influential factors, these influential people or influential voices, we decided maybe it could be Alexa. Yes, could be Alexa. It depends how old you are. It could be Alexa. Right. But who are these voices that are telling us, well, well, they're telling us how to eat or what to eat, but really it's more than that, right? Because they're telling us what it takes to either have a good body or like my, my initial question or topic for this these two episodes was how to feel better in our body. They're trying to answer that question for us, right? You will feel better about your body when you, you know, have this size or when you don't eat this food, like these things are your surefire way to get to feeling better about your body. But I can't help but notice Amy that nowhere in there, is there any space for scripture or gospel truth, mm-hmm. or like, I don't believe that Jesus is, is walking with me saying, Heather, if you want to feel better about your body, really seriously, I want you to reevaluate what you had for lunch <laughs> and I want you to hit the gym. And like, I don't think that's Jesus's answer. Right. And, and the church has kind of made that messy for us with the take care of your temple and be a good steward and, and -hmm. using some of those, that language in a a way that's, I don't know, not helpful always. And I'm not saying everyone, I think my church actually has done a really good job of, of this, I think for the most part, um, recently, at least since I've been there, but what's, what's underneath all of this, do you think like what, where, how can we, how can we find the capital T true answers about how to take care of our bodies and how Jesus sees our bodies. Let me phrase it like that. And do we really need all these external things to feel better about our bodies? Maybe that's the question I'm trying to ask you today. Oh, I love it. Cause you always tee it up. And it has about 22 different things I want to like <laughs> dissect out of that. Sorry. I was like 22 things. I should have been scribbling fast. Cause I really want to, um, and a base assumption Um, uh, let me actually back up. I had said, I think in the last episode that I'm just so grateful because having done it for a long time, I feel like I have a lot of longitudinal studies, a lot of data. I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of bodies that have been in my office over the course of many years. And, um, you know, I have four children of my own. They're getting older. They're just amazing. Lovely. They were a lot. (laughs) a lot and they're just amazing. Um, I say nothing shapes and forms your character like parenting. That is so for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I watched as they were like in preschool, right. Church. And, um, my husband would work in the nursery. I always worked with high school, but he always worked in the nursery and, Uh you know, just the messages were God loves you, you know, you're good and God loves you. And, um, I would, I would, I would, and I would go talk to moms or preschoolers and things and, and always talk about this idea of, you know, where we are teaching our children so much about God's grace and his love. And then somewhere we teach them, your bodies are really bad and really out of control. And you need a lot of external rules and scripture says you have self-discipline and scripture requires you take care of this temple 
And we do that often. I'm going to say there are so many that are not, are doing this well. Um, but as a rule, and certainly when I was growing up and you and I are about the same age. So, um, we, we, we were doing that within a cultural context of what a good temple looked like and a good temple was. And I've shared this, um, on, on your, on here before, I think that my mom was a big dieter and bless her heart. She doesn't know how to get on podcasts. So I feel real good about <laughs> She's so wonderful. She wouldn't care. She would say, I mean, she just is so lovely. Um, but, and she would probably love to share it and, and have help other people be freer and freer. But, you know, when, when she was dieting all growing up, there were religious overtones and she would confess breaking her dieting rules. She would confess to the Lord. She would be on her knees. Um, God help me to have the strength to follow these rules so that I can honor you. Now that gives me goosebumps. Like I'm, I've goosebumps up and down the back of my spine. That's religiosity. That is making something culturally very religious. And that is not Jesus. That is not Jesus, but we have done it. And we, we don't, we think we don't do it quite overtly, but if you open the text of um, some devotionals or um, some current literature, the message is still being told to our teens. You have to control your body and it honors God when you are disciplined. And, and I'm not, I don't want to get in the whole theological discussion there because I, I think we're hopefully actually we could, we could change that to another episode, but, um, but the, the message is Basically your body is, needs to be controlled and scripture says you have everything you need, quote unquote, for life and godliness. So godliness means being thin and being disciplined with your eating and not overeating and not being gluttonous and not doing those things. And so when we're not, we feel an enormous amount of guilt and shame and look at me, I have Jesus and I can't even take care of my body. Mm -hmm. So when they get in my office, I often say your body was good. You were taught it was bad often in the church. And now you come into my office and I'm going to teach you it's good again. So, mm -hmm. so we're going to relearn what you already learned as a little bitty mm -hmm. child, hopefully in the context of some, and, and a lot of these, um, my beautiful patients haven't lived in a home where maybe they felt their body was good. So maybe they didn't learn that right away, but mm -hmm. we're learning again. Your bodies are amazing. God, God made bodies. He, he didn't, he wasn't like, Oh shoot. I did not mean to make that. <laughs> and now I've got to make rules Whoops. around it and I've got to make them, I've got to give them discipline and I've got to give them that because I totally messed up. These bodies are yeah. out of control <laughs> and you know what we are because we, there's sin. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410.
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I was just giving the example in uh, my girls' Bible study the other night that about 12th graders and um, had them since ninth grade. And I was asking the question of what do you think sin is? And of course they were, you know, lying, cheating, you know, doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And I gave them that imagery of Chronicles of Narnia, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the earth being frozen and the white, I don't know if she's mm-hmm. called the white witch, you know, and yes, um, right. And, and she seduces Edmund to get up and, and she offers him the Turkish delight and, and the, we, what we believe our version is the sin is him taking the dirt Turkish delight, but really the sin is him forgetting who he was. He forgot mm-hmm. who he was. He, he didn't remember. And her promise, right. Was that. And then when, when Aslan comes, when the lion comes and the earth, every step he takes, the, the snow melts and the green mm-hmm. comes and that, and I said that the sin is the condition we're in. That's a condition of our heart. And we operate out of that. Well, we can be following religiously, quote unquote, righteously our food rules. And we are getting our life and source from the Turkish delight. Mm-hmm. We are getting it from being a good eater and in this perfect body. Yeah. And it's still sin because we're operating out of, I forgot who I was. I, I can't remember who I was. And so I yeah. always say part of the work that I do in this office is to just help people remember who they are. Oh, who are you? Who, wait, what yeah. is God? Who does God say you are? Who do we know God? We have to know God to know who we are. We have mm-hmm. to know his character. We get to be in his word and um, practice listening prayer together. And God, what do you say about this? Or we will not know who we are. And we will yeah. keep looking to rules and self-righteousness to find out who we are. And yeah. an underlying assumption is some, some often some bad theology. Yeah. Well, I, I so I'm thinking 22 things now too, but <laughs> I'll stick to just one first. I'm thinking, I don't know that I thought about my body or heard about my body from church mm-hmm. until I became a teenager. Yes, that's right. Now I thought about my body at home because my mom was worried about her body. And so I, I very much picked that up. Um, and well, my grandmother and, yes. you know, yes. aunts and uncle, everyone was worried about their bodies. So that was just what you do. <laughs> yes. If you're part of our family. Yes. Worry you about your body. You die. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but at church, it didn't really start until youth group. Mm-hmm. And then the messages about the body were very specific. Yeah. Right? About sex. Were, you bet. Don't have sex. Yeah. Right. And so that's that whole purity culture thing that's been. I don't know, in and out of, of big conversations and with, you yeah. know, yeah. way, way bigger speakers with way bigger platforms, but there's a connection, I think. And, and, and actually I want to be really clear. And Amy, I know you can help me make this more clear too. Like, like growing up in purity culture, there were probably some harmful things about that, mm-hmm. but I do believe that God calls us to be pure. Mm-hmm. Right. So so I don't, I don't think the heart behind it was, was way, way a biblical, mm-hmm. right? Like, like that's actually reasonable, mm-hmm. like that we are supposed to be pure. We're supposed to long for that. Now where it gets it, what gets unreasonable is this concept of, you know, your purity is your righteousness, mm-hmm. right? Because that is not your righteousness. Mm-hmm. And so there's a false righteousness 
around that. And I would say that I probably had that false righteousness around that. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Especially when I got married and my husband did not come from purity culture at all. And, and so the juxtaposition of that was, oh, the reason we have problems in our marriage is because mm. I was pure and you were not. Mm. And he had to remind me over and again that <laughs> I probably wasn't as pure as I thought I was. Yeah. Uh, Filthy, right? rags. Purity, Filthy rags. Right. right. Purity isn't just about what you do. Um, yeah. But anyway, that got a little off track there. But but diet culture kind of mimics purity culture in some ways, but yet the crazy thing about the diet culture is it's not really, it, it's not based on, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's any part of diet culture based on like Leviticus food rules, <laughs> like that, right? There's like, there's, there's, I don't know what it could be taking from scripture that, you know, we could redeem in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Uh, the, and I love this conversation because, um, I, you know, being pure, um, is, is a, in terms of scripture and we could unpack that, but purity culture had a lot to say about what not to do. And part of the big, um, miss in purity culture. Um, and again, I grew up in that too. I just knew don't, you can't need to have sex. I mean, that's just the, that was the message. Um, but there was no conversation about how our bodies worked or, um, how, what our bodies, kids that go through puberty, every single one of them is going to have new feelings in their body. Mm -hmm. And so the message is you just cut those feelings off and, um, until they're ready that, I mean, talk about song of Psalms, don't wake in love before it so desires, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, a lot of messages about that. Yeah. And the problem is how that sometimes goes hand in hand with the dieting culture is, um, I have to cut those feelings off. Those are not good right now. And in dieting, I can manage those feelings. I can basically starve, um, those feelings and not to say I'm starving that my, my feelings, my sexual feelings, but it's mimics that same thing of look at me. I can be so disciplined and we don't have to go very far in scripture in the new Testament to look at, um, the food rules were, the Pharisees and their belief that they actually were pure and clean because of the way that they ate. And Jesus big, you know, bring down the house when he says, it's not what goes in your mouth that makes mm-hmm. you clean. <laughs> I got news for you. He says, it comes out the other end. It's what's coming out of your heart. And what is part of the miss in purity culture and diet culture is what is in our heart. It, you know, I had just read this I'm going to have to go back and find it. So if if we need it, this great old quote, old, old quote was, you know, if you want somebody to help you build a boat, you don't make them go gather wood and teach them how to use the tools. You give them a love of the sea because Mm -hmm. the vision is so much bigger than that. So Mm -hmm. what we were doing, we're giving them tools. We were giving them rings and pledges and covenants of, you know, we're not going to do this. We gave them tools of how to stay pure. But what we missed was why, why do we want to be pure? Why, why, why do I want to? And when I am consumed with the love of Jesus, I don't need to be consumed with food and body and, and those other things that are temporary. I'm, I'm consumed with Jesus. And so food becomes this wonderful thing that is part of my everyday. God did not, he did not have to create it that we eat. He could have made it very differently. And it is our good 
gift. It is our good gift, but he also didn't have to have it that we would have sex. It's a good Mm -hmm. gift. And so those things are wonderful, beautiful. And so instead of teaching us like how to love the sea, we, we kept being taught you know, here's, you're going to build this part of the boat and you're going to build this. And someday you'll be able to see the whole boat, but you can't see the whole boat right now. It's like, wait, what? Right. Right. Or that your body is bad yeah, because you're going to feel like you want that, Yes, but that's not what God wants. You don't want that. (laughs) So your body is bad. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to like, you know, get married and wake up the next day and think it's good. Like, I want that. It's good. I mean, it, it's crazy town. It's it was, crazy town, it folks. It's difficult. crazy town. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy town. And the same thing is true about food in that mm. I'm supposed to think it's bad. I, I'm supposed to think it's bad that I want this thing. And so when I had this donut, and I think I shared in the last episode, this just kind of donut challenge. And what I was tra- challenging was her food righteousness um, her, her food holiness, which is to say, I will never be a person that eats a donut. And what, what the, the, the thought is that desire is bad. So not only is it bad if I have that food, but it's bad. If I want that food, I'm out of control. I, and I'll often say, you know, C.S. Lewis says our desires are not too strong, but they're too weak. The Lord's given us Mm -hmm. passion and zeal. And you know, I can get going. This is like, this is all part of it, sister. This is all part of it. I just, made lunch earlier today and was dancing in my kitchen. You know, I had music going and I'm, I'm, I'm alone. I'm dancing in my kitchen while that's the zeal and the passion God gave us in our bodies. But we keep getting told that's wrong. That's right. How to manage it. And we've got to, and I always, I always say it's so strange, right? That our hunger helps keep us alive in general. If a baby comes out and they're hungry, they cry. And if everything's well and good, the mother feeds the baby or parents feed the baby and there's, they're nourished and then they stop. Hunger saves us. And at some point in our lives, we get told we have to manage and control that hunger. We have to manage and control it. We've got to, it's out of control. We've got to manage and control it. Well, it's only uh, often only out of control because we said it was going to be, it wasn't, but now we told you it was going to be, oh, now it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Whoa, well, we gotta we gotta take those desires and not not shove them down. We gotta go, how wonderful, how wonderful God made us like this. And how do we enjoy them in a way that is in context of this bigger picture, this bigger picture, so that I can enjoy these things? Well, why would scripture say that we're to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Yeah. If, if, I mean, I think everyone's okay with thirst. Like, I don't hear anyone, like you really need to stop drinking water yeah. and really, you know, say no to your flesh when it's thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, we, don't, exactly. we don't question thirst. No, right. No, no, you, no. no. In fact, we have very, very big bottles that tell us well done. Keep going. You right. can do it in the middle of the day. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We have, we have quenching your thirst is righteousness. Yeah. Ignoring your hunger is righteousness. righteousness. Wow. Doesn't that seem right bizarre. Like, so why would scripture tell us to hunger and thirst for righteousness? If those were things that our bodies are not supposed to do, but, but it does, it sets up this war against our bodies, right? Like we, you know, we talked about on the last episode when you and I were together, I think it was last one or two episodes ago. And we talked about the flesh and the whole concept of 
you know, and, and I think there are some people in church, maybe with a religious spirit. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean, they're, you know, they're kind of mimicking what the Pharisees did. And, yes. and I feel like I can say that because I think I was a Pharisee once too. Yeah. So I've, I've done it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not saying that out of condemnation or, or, or anything other than I have walked it. And so I have seen it and I see others doing it where they're adopting this same, like flesh is body must fight flesh, yes. flesh bad, which does kind of mimic the purity culture, right? Like, yes. like you were saying, right. You yes. know, desire for sex bad yeah. until you get married. And then that day desire for sex. Good. But, but with hunger, there's not a day. I, I, well, I don't know. Maybe the day in diet culture language would be the day you're thin enough. Yeah. To eat and again. maybe your hunger is good. I don't know. Not but- really, not really, because you get to, to the kind of the top of the rung if you can manage and ignore your hunger. I mean, that's right. kind of the pinnacle of, um, you know, oh, she, I mean, I, yeah, we praise, we praise the woman who doesn't eat. Mm. Oh, I don't know how you're at this party, not eating. Mm, yeah. Like, oh, good for you. Like, oh, we were, we're envious of her. We think about how we wish we could be like her. I mean, it's, it is, that's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. That's a thing we do. It's a thing we do. I always say one of my favorite things, um, <laughs> is to just be like out with a client and, um, you know, people say, I mean, talk about, a party kills being a dietitian, you know, they'll be like, I don't, they'll people always say, I don't want to, you know, go to eat with you. You're no fun. Or people say to my kids, Oh, you eat. Oh, what did you bring in your lunch? Your mom's a dietitian. And it's so funny. I'm always like, that is a Debbie downer for sure. Um, but I always say it's so fun for me to be like out with somebody and, you know, order like fried chicken or, or something. And they'll just kind of with their mouths open, kind of like, wait, what I always, my friend said recently, I think it's hilarious that you order French toast every time you go to breakfast. I go, really? I go, why? That's like my favorite food in the world is French toast. And she goes, I, I mean, just, you know, it's so funny. And I was like, really? I don't think it's one, right? Like I'm definitely want French toast. We have this sort of, um, again, kind of a holiness scale. It goes up, 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 up. If you can really ignore your hunger, you know, if you can, I mean, you're really great if you can not have coffee, which that is not me folks. So I'm going <laughs> to take myself down. You know, we elevate this, this level of, and, and so you're right. There is no like, and now it's good to be hungry. And, and that's very sad, you know, when it's good to be hungry, when we're sick and then people are like, oh, I mean, they try to feed us. Right. right. Then they try to bring right. food over. Somebody's ill. Somebody's passed away. Then they bring food over and then it's okay to be hungry. Right. Wow. Wow. A tragedy has to happen for us, for others to acknowledge it's okay for us to be hungry. That, that grieves me. It's, it's such a beautiful conversation. If we're not having the conversations with each other, right. Then we're all, we're all kind of stuck a little bit on a hamster wheel or, or what you said, I don't know if it was this episode or the last one of the, you know, we're stuck on the escalator and it's like, Hey, let's, let's get off the escalator. Let's look Mm -hmm. at each other and say, Lord, what do you say is true? What do you want to say about this? What do you want to teach us in here? Because we're teachable and pliable and we want to learn. And when I know who he is, then I know who I am. And I've talked about this on your podcast before that, um, this idea of settled identity, when we know who we are, then we operate out of that. And that's what I'm talking about, that autonomy and agency. And I love that you use that word authority, because when I have that settled identity, then I have authority to make decisions in my own life. And this is a big deal when we're talking about girls and women and, um, you know, purity culture and sort of this idea, because if I know who I am, then I make decisions out of that. 
They line up mm-hmm. with who I know God is and who I am and who he's made me to be. So I'm no longer making him because somebody told me that was bad and I shouldn't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm knowing who he is and his desires for me and who I am. And I'm making decisions authentically out of that. Um, you know, when people I've, I've, we've giggled on, on here before, when, um, you know, somebody will say, they'll look at my plate and say, oh, are you trying to be good? Or are you, you know, when they say to people, are you trying to be good? And I always giggle. Cause I, I say, well, boy, whew, my, <laughs> my goodness doesn't come from my food. Right. Or that idea of our our goodness, who we are coming from our food choices. And we get free Mm -hmm. from that when we get, when we, and we start operating in that settled identity. Wow. Then we're living. And you know what? I've said it a zillion times. I'm going to say it again. It's contagious. It's contagious. Mm -hmm. People want some of that. It's like, give me some Mm -hmm. of that. I'll take that any day. The reason diets are proliferate is because people are talking about them. Oh, you lost 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. Oh, you lost 30 pounds. Oh, my neighbor lost 30 pounds. Oh my, right. So it's like, well, they're, it's contagious. What we experience and what you and I experience as the freedom of Christ is contagious. Mm-hmm. It's con- and we yeah. want that kind of thing to spread. Glory to God, right? Yeah, be- because I think we want to feel. So going back to our original topic, we want to feel better about our bodies. Slash, we want to feel better in our bodies. We want to feel fully alive. Yeah, and and diet culture tells us you will feel fully alive when you lose X number of pounds. Mm-hmm. And the gospel tells us you can feel fully alive right now. You can feel fully Christ. alive right now. And part of feeling fully alive, we want to win at that game, the dieting game, the dieting culture. We want to win mm-hmm. at that game. The best thing to do is get off the court. Don't even play the game. There's, there's mm-hmm. no winners on that. And so yeah. when we think, well, I just, if I can win and then I'll get off, it's like, no, there's no winners. There's never no. a winner. And so get no. off the court, get off the court. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the ironic thing, we're talking about the up escalator. It's like you're riding the up escalator, trying to improve your body, change your body, get your body better. But you use the scripture, you know, that beauty fades. And it's like, I feel like what I'm seeing and we're about the same age. It's like the up escalator starting to slow down or go down. It's a down, no matter what, or, or it's, it's going backwards or I'm sliding down the handrails or something. Cause it's like, boy, like I used to have more, um, X, Y, Z control is not that right. Like I used to be able to ride the escalator a little better, but now riding the escalator is a lot harder. I don't know. Maybe I need an elevator instead, or, or like a sh- one of those little seats that yeah. <laughs> attaches mm-hmm. to the stairs. Mm. Right. But, but it is kind of an irony. I feel like so many women, it, it, it hits in a different way. Mm-hmm when all those things about your body, you thought you could control or thought you were controlling are out of your control. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. It hits in a different way. Then, then the reality is like, Oh no, yeah. no, I've really got to deal with this. Yeah. And what it's do a I mirage, do now? right? It's a mirage. Any right. of it that we have. Right. I mean, right. yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as we close today, Amy, just like one what, what's one, one strategy, one tip, like what someone listening today is getting ready for their spring break trip or Easter to see family, mm-hmm. or maybe they're already on summer. They're like, summer's here. I'm, I'm in summer mode. I'm in get my summer act together. Yeah. You know, all those things that diet culture has told us. Yeah. Like what, what's, what's one way they can be in their body, feel better about their body mm. today without starting a new plan yeah. or without doing 
doing something dramatic. Yeah. For years, I say, you want to feel better in your body, spend time with Jesus. That's my number one thing. Yeah. Spend time with Jesus. Um, honestly, that is my number one thing. You want to feel better. You want to like your husband more, spend time with Jesus. You want to like your kids more, spend time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because we start to look more like Jesus when we spend time yeah. with him. We start to reflect who he is. And what's interesting is um, we start to radiate God's glory mm -hmm. on us when we spend time with Jesus. Um, just practically speaking. So that is the number one thing I, 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 and it's not a cliche. It's not a jargon. It's not, it's just absolutely the truth. Um, the other thing is to, to wonder as you think about, you know, the things we've talked about the last couple of episodes, what episodes wonder, where did I, when was it that I exchanged internal cues and, um, autonomy and agency in my body and, and gave it up? When was it that I handed it over the controls to somebody, to the, they, <laughs> to the, mm -hmm. you know, to the, um, and, and what is authentically me? What authentically does feel good in my body in terms of mm -hmm. eating and movement and, um, those things and start going, you want to feel better in your body, start owning your body, start, owning mm -hmm. it. start living in it, right? You yeah. feel better in it, start living in it, start owning it, start, yeah. start being present in it, start living life in it. And stop hating it, hating right? it. And we'll start, we'll start yeah. starting to feel better because I'm starting to go, this is my yeah. body. Like I, you know, all of a sudden people go, I do feel good when I walk in the morning and I'll go, well, that's you. You feel good when you walk in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. It's not somebody else telling yeah. you. So that's another just practical thing is start asking good. and wondering, being curious, just be curious about, about those things. Yeah. You know, I love that. That's good. That's good. Oh, Amy, thanks so much for coming and helping us tackle another tough topic. Absolutely. So happy to be here as always. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you were here. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's show has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compare To Show is delighted to be part of the Life Audio group of podcasts. Check out lifeaudio.com for great Christian podcasts with all kinds of content about all the issues you care about. Check it out at lifeaudio.com. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free.
Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.